Welcome to the 71st edition of the weekly You Thought Sports podcast. This is Jared podcasting alongside the usual crew of Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. We got a jam-packed episode, mostly with some NFL stuff. A lot of pro day stuff happened. Some F1, too, um, just, to, just to open it up. Uh, F1 season opening race was this last weekend in the Bahrain GP. Um, and it produced one of the most exciting F1 races in a while, to be honest. Probably the most exciting race that Lewis Hamilton has actually raced in. Because the, the only <laughs> other exciting one was when he had COVID. And the result was actually in doubt. But the result was in doubt for this. Uh, it was a super fun race. Under the lights, too. So it was, it was one of my favorite tracks. But um, that started... Hopefully, it will get some like good content going on YouTube and some indiv- some uh, solo show podcasts on that. It's coming. It is coming. <laughs> Next up, uh, the NFL is expected to announce a 17-game regular season schedule. A lot of players were not pleased about that. I don't really know like why they had to do that, but whatever. They they just did it. It's okay. Another game of football. That's fine. Money, 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 money. Exactly. <laughs> no. The answer. Yeah. No. Uh, and another thing that I thought was funny is I saw that the Denver Broncos showed interest in Mitchell Trubisky, this free agency, which I thought was kind of funny. He, the Bills snagged him, though, so uh, he didn't obviously didn't go there. Uh, March Madness-related news. Loyola and Oral Roberts, their, their uh, tournament runs came to an end. Uh, but it, it's been a weird year in terms of like unpredictability because three number one seeds made it to the Elite Eight, yeah. and a number two made it. But there were also two double-digit seeds, so it was kind of a, an interesting year in terms of predictability. Uh, and there's a couple games going on as we speak, so I won't comment on those. Uh, last or last things about the, before we get into the real topics, Zach Wilson, Wyatt's favorite QB, had in a very impressive pro day. Turned heads with an especially impressive downfield throw across his body. I've never seen Justin Fields do anything even remotely close to that. Just kidding. It was a culmination, though, of the Zach Wilson hype train, which left the station after his bowl game against UCF. Justin it's Fields had his pro day today. I watched it. I watched it, by the way, Wyatt. Um, he ran a 4-4, apparently. Um, he had a very the... similar throw. Yeah. He <laughs> no, he didn't. He's, he's not Zach Wilson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan, the, the highlight of it for me was they, they taught Ryan Day was like, uh, they asked Ryan Day, what, what was your favorite game of Justin Fields? And he talked about the Michigan game, but he was like, it was it was probably the game against the team up north. He didn't he didn't refer to Michigan by name the entire time. I thought that was really funny. The rivalry is real for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're gonna get into our real really topics. Quick. Yeah, go ahead. Ryan. I was under the impression that Zach Wilson was like a five eleven quarterback. He was he's six two, uh, two fifteen. So he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's the real deal. Okay. Yeah. So do you All support right. him being taken at number two then, Wyatt? We'll get into that. Does he have your endorsement? <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, let's get into it. Exactly. I'm, I told why. I'm going to start pushing the narrative, like, literally right after the draft. Like, are the Jaguars kicking themselves right now for not drafting Zach Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off with, with a little gold rush for our first topic. The 49ers have likely cashed in on the quarterback gold rush for this year's draft. Obviously, they gave up three first-round picks to move up from number 12 to number three in this year's draft. Wyatt, what's what's kind of the narrative from this? What, what's the takeaway? <clears throat> well, if it wasn't obvious already, the number two overall pick wasn't for sale. Uh, otherwise, they would have moved up with the Jets. Easy connection with Robert Sala. But he might have tipped off what they were going to do, so it's, they felt comfortable moving to number three. 
Uh, there's reports that the Jaguars are leaning in the direction of Trevor Lawrence, so we can assume <laughs> he'll go number one. Zach Wilson will go number two. And if just if the 49ers are smart, they'll take the best quarterback in this class, Justin Fields, at the number three spot. If Justin Fields lands in the number three spot to the 49ers, he will without a doubt have the best career of any other quarterback. He will rival a career – excuse me, he'll mirror a career – uh, the career of Patrick Mahomes, who won the lottery with Andy Reid by landing in one of the best offensive systems in the league. And uh, one of the other best offensive systems in the league might be Kyle Shanahan's offense. We've seen what he can do with quarterbacks like uh, Jimmy G or what uh, Sean McVay can do with a quarterback like Jared Goff. So a quarterback with Justin Fields' talent, the sky's the limit. Uh, the athletic ability, the deep ball ability. I think that he would be one of the best quarterbacks in the league within a couple of years. And he would be, have a chance to mirror, maybe Patrick Mahomes might be the sky, but at least Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl in his rookie contract. Wow. At That's, least. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I think that there's, there's the potential for it. Like, I don't know if he'll quite reach Mahomes' levels, but I do think him getting put with the 49ers is like a very good situation to be in um especially because like the 49ers have said they're not moving on from jimmy g right now right yeah but that's yes. that's a smoke screen yeah, yeah that's what most people I don't believe most that. gms yeah. apparently think it's a smoke screen but we'll see even so even if that is the case if they are true to their word like it could be good for dustin fields to like polish out those last little bits of his game sitting behind even just one year behind jimmy g in a similar way that mahomes did with alex smith and i think that like He's got a stable organization, a great coach, and the year to work himself into the game, I think could be really, really beneficial for him. And like I'm not quite with Wyatt on the like he's gonna have the same career as Pat Mahomes, but I think the 49ers put him in a very good situation to be a high quality, occasionally a Pro Bowl quarterback because of the stability and because of the time to like grow and wait before even just one year taking over the starting role. Yeah, I was sure gonna say I thought yeah. the I thought the similarities were gonna end at he sits fifteen games and starts one this season, and that's where the similarities end with Mahomes. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, I I'm kind of on the same page as Lucas. I mean, I like to criticize Justin Fields more just because Wyatt's an Ohio State fan, but he I mean he did have his best game against Clemson, throwing six touchdowns while injured, pretty much too. I know the the 49ers, by the way, Mike uh, or Kyle Shanahan went to Mac Fields and Justin Fields were both doing a pro day today, like a workout today. They picked to go to Justin Fields. So Mac Jones is not a factor, likely. But um they I do kinda Jones. like I they do kinda Mac like Jones's workout Say today. again? They went to Mac Jones's workout today. No, I thought they went to Justin Fields. No, Justin they Fields opted workout. to go to Mac Mac Jones's workout. Uh and then not Justin Fields' workout, but just as Justin Fields' second pro day or he'll have a second pro day or something like that. I don't look into that that too far. I think uh, I thought it was Mac Jones was having the second pro day, but I could I think be wrong. You got your numbers wrong. Oh yeah, there, there's a funny video of like they started with showing a clip of Jimmy G overthrowing somebody. I saw this on Twitter, and then there is a clip of Mac Jones overthrowing somebody at the pro day, and then Kyle Shanahan's face after was just like complete <laughs> disappointment. I'm pretty sure he went to Mac Jones's. Okay. What have what has happened with Mac Jones like rocketing up the draft board yeah. recently? Like I haven't I haven't been following his stock recently. Like from everything I read, like a, like three or four weeks ago, he was like a like a late first round pick, 
and now he's I just know, like I, I was watching some I was watching some videos today and people are like Justin Fields is the forgotten man. He's been overtaken by Mac Jones and I'm like I don't why? I don't think that's I don't think that's happened. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to like the media's kinda of trying to play that up. But there's no way. Dude, like you might just... as well someone I heard someone t- saying this. You should take you gotta go with the brand name, not like the knockoff. You know, not anything against Mac Jones, but we've been talking about Justin Fields for two years. And Mac Jones has kinda of popped up <clears throat> out of nowhere. You know? He benefits from being in the Alabama system and literally having Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, a cheat yeah. code of riches around him. I mean, Tua and Jalen Hurts' performances is not helping Mac Jones' case, I would say. Yeah, agreed. And, like, I know there's more to Mac Jones' game than this, but I feel like whenever I watched him, it was just, like, get it to playmakers in space and, like, not right. hard throws and just let them do the work. Mm-hmm. Right. There's also substantially much more film on Justin Fields playing in actual big games than there is in Mac Jones. Even though Mac Jones did have a good year, he only has one good year underneath his belt. So I think you can at least go back and look at more footage of Justin Fields. And by the way, we should stop calling it the Mac Jones Pro Day because it was actually the Devontae Smith Pro Day, and Mac Jones also happened to be there. Because that's the only oh reason God. why any team would actually want to go and watch a That's guy. not the only reason. Yes, it is, because nobody, Jared, nobody in their right mind is taking Mac Jones within the top ten. Wait, didn't, didn't but every, but every team wasn't going to – I thought Smith said he wasn't even going to do drills. He, was, he caught some passes from Mac Jones. Oh. Uh, mm. uh, because okay. I think it would it would have benefited him not to, or it wouldn't. Yes, <laughs> we've seen enough. Yeah, and just just to clear up the report, Jared, uh, Kyle Shanahan did go to Mac Jones Pro Day today, but Justin mm-hmm. Fields will be holding a second Pro Day where Kyle Shanahan okay. does plan to attend. Gotcha. But Kyle Shanahan okay, so Mac Justin Jones Fields is the front runner right now, then. No, no chance. <laughs> no chance. Because you know what we love to do before the draft is we like to take guys like Justin Fields as they did with Deshaun Watson. They're like. I'm not sure about this guy, but Deshaun Watson won a Heisman and Justin Fields beat out Clemson in a huge game. Like, they have these tapes of them actually proving that they can win football. And then we see Zach Wilson or Mitch Trubisky or uh, Mac Jones, like, climb up the board and, like, maybe this guy has something special. And then we kind of just, like, really nitpick and we break down the top guys and we build up these other guys. And I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is going to be a bust. But I'm saying is, is I kind of feel like all of the hype for Zach Wilson and all of the hype for Mac Jones, just like is gonna come out of nowhere because we're bored. I mean, there's some truth to that, but Deshaun Watson didn't win a Heisman, by the way. And Zach Wilson he was a finalist. He won. I excuse think. me. He won a national championship, is what I meant to say. He was a Heisman <laughs> finalist. Lucas, I think I think you were gonna say something. Oh, I don't know. It just Mac Jones feels like the the sexy pick every year that like like the Jamarcus Russell or like the whoever of like the draft that is like supposedly is like great intangibles but just like comes out of nowhere and yeah, yeah. won't end up doing anything like if I had to put my money on somebody being a bust I would put like all the money I own on turned into the sexy pick but all it's the surprising because he's not like he doesn't strike me as a sexy pick He's just I know. He's yeah. not <laughs> sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the way he was Distinctly not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Let's move on to another Alabama quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Sorry about that, Tua. If you're listening. I know you're listening, actually. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins um, obviously traded back and appear to be all in on, on Tua. They have amassed five first-round picks over the next three drafts. Seemingly functioning as like a backup plan in case Tua doesn't pan out. They're also attempting, though, to, you know, kind of surround Tua with 
an embarrassment of riches, if you will, to help to approve his value. Similar to like what Cleveland was doing with Baker Mayfield by getting them Odell and Jarvis Landry and all that. Aiden, in our pregame show notes, you said you weren't convinced that their Super Bowl window is open now, though. Why don't you explain that and kind of, are the Dolphins playing this right or being too cautious with their draft pick collection? Yeah, to start... Yeah, I, I'm I'm not as high on the Dolphins as some of y'all. I think I don't think they're Super Bowl ready yet. They they went ten and six last year, good. Uh, they had the eighth easiest schedule though. They allowed the thirteenth most yards per game. They beat one team over five hundred all year, like, and they didn't make the playoffs. Though obviously, like ten and six is generally fair enough to to make the playoffs. But I feel like the the Bills made a pretty good closing statement at the end of the year when they just absolutely trounced the Dolphins in a, in a final game that meant a lot to them. So I'm not totally sold on the Dolphins like being contenders this year. Um, and the offseason has been fine. Like it hasn't been incredible. They did get Will Fuller. Like that's that's good. But it's just a strange fit for a QB who like rarely threw downfield last year in Tua. Like Tua was 30th in yards per attempt, and Fuller gets all his yards deep. So, and I don't even think like Tua's low numbers on that was related to the Dolphins playbook because Ryan Fitzpatrick was like eighth or something in yards per attempt. So it's, I guess maybe they're going to try and force Tua to go downfield, but like most of their other signings have been low level player or like, you know, um, nothing, nothing too splashy. So they can obviously add, you know, a good receiver um, or some more talent with all their draft picks, but Tua is not a QB for a Super Bowl ready team yet. So I don't think their windows open but i also don't think it's time to like give up on tua so i think they're playing it right i think this year is going to be an evaluative year they need to look at him see what they think maybe it, like i wouldn't fault them next year if Tua's bad this year for going after qb in the first round or mm-hmm. trading up or something like that um, but i think for the moment just kind of stockpiling and seeing what happens giving it a year is not a bad move and also like they could have potentially been a contender if they went for like deshaun watson but that obviously doesn't seem like a good move at the moment so yeah. like I, I think with their current team and their current qb situation like i don't think drafting a qb or anything like that would would make them all of a sudden super bowl contenders so quick follow-up how many years can they keep like deferring cashing in on their draft picks how many how many years can they go by just just like collecting draft picks i'd say a year just a year. Like, like two is two is a year in. He's nine games in. I say you give two a, at least a year. Like we've seen most most QBs get about three years if we're looking at the Sam Darnold model or Daniel Jones is at two years right and is yeah. probably gonna have one more. I think three is probably like allowed. So a year or two. I wouldn't blame them next year if they stop the stockpiling and kind of go in for someone if they think that they have the talent. Okay, here's an, here's another follow-up question. What if they're at six right now, and then all of a sudden Justin Fields or Zach Wilson is available? Would you would you just jump on that and get it? No, not not me personally. <laughs> I what, don't what think they're like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, go yeah, ahead, yeah. No, I'm not convinced they're gonna be like you know generational talents that would be worth doing that for. I, I think they're good, but if you just drafted a QB last year in the what the top five was, what was to a. Yeah, I think it was like fourth or something like that. Yeah, third, maybe. like yeah. I think it's a bit ridiculous to move on from him after like half a season. Yeah. I think I, I tend to agree as well. And I think like, <clears throat> well, they may have not like, 
I think maybe Jared's statement of an exagger like an embarrassment of riches might be a bit of an yeah. exaggeration. I do think that they've gotten like they've gotten better and they have a very good team around him. And for Tua now, there's like no excuse not to succeed essentially in the system that they're in. Like, and so I think to that degree, I like agree with Aiden's point that like this year, may, I I wrote in my notes at the end of the 2022 season, but I could see next year if like. You know, if the if the pieces fall in line for them to like get a really good quarterback after next season that happening, because at this point, like for Tua, there's no excuse barring any big injuries to him or to guys on the team or anything like that. So I think you go all in this year on Tua, and if it doesn't work out, then you move on because at some point, when you know, you know, and like I think that you can give him the benefit of the doubt only so long and I think that that benefit of the doubt probably extends to next year um, maybe a little bit into the next season at the longest and I've never been a huge to a booster yeah. either um, I think like I think I said on a previous episode like the Dolphins uh, priority should be to win and not to have Tua be their franchise quarterback and if those two mm-hmm. things come into conflict with each other they should move on so I'm not Well, I do think it would be a little ridiculous to take Justin Fields or Zach Wilson at six if they're there. I don't think either of them will be. Um, I see the logic behind it because at the end of the day, like they're trying to win, and if they and if they legitimately believe that one of those guys gives them a better shot to win than Tua, I don't fault them for making that move. Like it worked out right with the Cardinals when they took Kyler Murray after Josh Rosen. Yeah. Well, the question is whether. He gives them a better chance to win than Tua plus whoever they can take there, right? Because like if if Sewell yeah. is there mm-hmm. or like if they can land like Kyle Pitts or Chase, then it's it, you know, yeah. I guess the question is how much help does a quarterback need, and how much better would Tua get? <laughs> yeah, I I really hope, and I think they should get Kyle Pitts. I feel like him, Kyle Pitts, and Will Fuller. I mean, this is gonna be a, this is gonna sound like a weird comparison, probably. It's kind of like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, like, but like more like the light version of that. You know, I'm not saying that they're they're on that level yet, but you have a deep threat and like a tight end who's uncoverable is kind of like that's the Chiefs' offensive formula, kind of. And I think that'd be great for Tua. Yeah, and at that point, yeah, you kind of know. And like you said, Aiden, they are they did get Will Fuller to force Tua to go deep, essentially. And and Tua was good at that in college. Yeah, he's a great you know, so, deep ball there. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see how it works out. And I just hope they don't fall in the trap of thinking our team's gonna get, our team's gonna get better because we're young or whatever. You know, I you know I don't I just that's the only trap I don't want them to fall into. And at some point, you need to worry about being great and not like just being good. You know, so I think they'll figure that out though. Yeah. So yeah, I'm also not sure who is gonna be in the like QB draft class next year like i feel like i do understand from the perspective of this year you've got a fair amount of talent that oh, yeah. seems you know like you'd want to go in on i'm not sure like obviously someone you know people will come up next year but like, yeah there'll be some random person a, that we just all of a sudden start trumping exactly. up at the end of the year but right <laughs> yeah, now i think yeah, yeah. i think keaton slovis is like the the big guy from mm-hmm. uh usc yeah as well as the quarterback uh, from liberty yeah. apparently Bo I, don't, I don't know he's up bonix bonix yeah. yeah so i don't i'm not really too uh i'm not really too uh True. excited about that class yeah. but. all right another alabama quarterback wow we've done a lot of them today uh the eagles <laughs> obviously opted to trade back in the draft from the number six pick to the number 12 pick acquired from miami 
Uh, they reportedly wanted to move up to number three if they could have got Zach Wilson, but obviously the 49ers kind of took that away. So I know we usually go to Lucas for Philadelphia stuff, but we're gonna we're gonna start with Bart actually. What's kind of the what's the takeaway here? I yeah I am Lucas today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's interesting first of all because I see a lot of parallels between this discussion and the previous one that we just had about the Dolphins. But uh, okay, let me let me explain. So I think on a high level, just as far as trading the pick back goes, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, like to me, trading back just six spots to swap a fifth with a fourth rounder. And then more importantly, to pick up a first runner next year is definitely worth it. Yeah. Like six, six spots really isn't that much in my opinion. Uh, granted, the Dolphins will probably be good next year. I know Aiden might disagree. I think the, the, the first runner will probably be pretty high. But still, mm-hmm. especially if you think that the, the Wentz pick will kick in and Wentz plays 75% of his snaps mm-hmm. or whatever, then they're going to have three first rounders next year potentially to package in a trade if they want to. But I'm going to come back to that. So that's one thing. Um, I've heard the main knock like or that I've read from Eagles fans is that Trading back is annoying because they can't get the sexy pick anymore and that they can't get uh, Pitts or Chase like we were talking about at number six. Or they can't get them at number 12 like they could have at number six. But still, I think that the odds that all four of Chase, Pitts, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle are gone at 12 are pretty low. And yeah. even if they are, even if they are, and that means that the Eagles are getting an elite talent at another position that they need, like on the offensive line or in their secondary. So, like, is it the end of the world? Not at all. So that's that. As far as moving up to number three goes, or like the you know supposed attempt that they did that, I'm not really sold. Uh, NFL Net- Network slash like Rappaport reported it and then retracted the report, or like he reworded how he was <laughs> saying it. So I'm not convinced that there's actually that much truth to it. But it also seems sus to me because I feel like the general consensus right now is that Wilson is going to go number two. So if they really thought he was going to fall to three, then either they just really don't believe what everybody's saying, or Rappaport actually meant Justin Fields by Zach Wilson. It just seems a little weird. Uh, I don't think that they would have traded back either if they really didn't believe in Jalen Hurts, because Trey Lance or Mac Jones will probably still be there too. I mean, you, you can't be sure, but still. I also think that they just ha- have the right approach of letting Hurts play one more season. Like we were saying with Tua, it's another evaluative season. And then next year, like I was saying, if they don't like what they've seen with them, then they can trade those picks that they're going to have. But I honestly think that I don't believe that they wanted to move up. And I think they're really happy that they got these extra picks by moving back six spots. I think it works out for them. They can take another look at Hertz and they just get more easy picks. So I like what they did with this. No, I agree. And I think that the biggest sign of confidence in Jalen Harris is the fact that they didn't stay at the number six spot because they absolutely would have had an option to take a quarterback or move up at least to number four and take somebody like how funny would it have been if they took Trey Lance? But uh, I think the bigger the bigger thing is now is that three teams, the NFC East are now picking back to back to back. So it goes Dallas Giants, Eagles, which if you think about the arms race in the NFC West is probably the downgrade version of that. But uh, the best thing that the Eagles can do is to go all in on a quarterback. Um, I know that they they technically did do it with Carson Wentz because they gave him $135 million. But it doesn't exactly – I mean, I I think their weapons are better than what a lot of people gave him credit for. But I'm going to admit that their weapons aren't great. And a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you might as well just give him the best possible weapons you can. So – I know Jared wants Kyle Pitts to go to Miami, but like let's say they go and get Jalen Waddle, or Kyle Pitts falls to twelve, or uh, Devonte Smith. I mean, they have to do a they have to fill out this roster and give Jalen Hurts a real chance to win, instead mm-hmm. of just being like, oh, go be 
Russell Wilson on the Seahawks or go be uh, Deshaun Watson on the Houston Texans because I know they want him to be that good. It is very rare you get a quarterback that is that transcendent. You at least have to give your guys an opportunity Mm -hmm. to win. And I don't know if the Eagles are doing that purposefully or, you know, we'll kind of see how the way this draft goes. But, I mean, they got a long way to go before their actual competitive team. And I think they have a lot of problems outside of just the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my one reservation with this, though, is that, like, in theory, I think it is – a solid enough move to like really build up for the future like mm-hmm. especially with having the potential to have three first round picks next year is crazy but like uh in theory it's good in like the specific of like the eagles though the eagles are notoriously terrible drafters <laughs> and at six the, there's like there's not a really bad pick i feel like you can make it six like it's hard to mess up that pick just because of like the embarrassment of talent to steal phrase from Jared earlier that is in this draft, especially at that spot. Like there's no way you don't get Pitts or Smith or Chase or someone like that. 12 starts to get into the range where I feel like a lot of the marquee names are gone and you could like take a flyer on like a, a trendy Jalen Rieger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so like, I just have like sort of like flashbacks of that. And it's like when the Eagles aren't like taking picking really high and like don't have a surefire fire talent available to them especially under howie roseman they tend to go for like these trendy picks and it doesn't work out for them so like well in theory when i first heard about the move i'm like okay like it makes sense like i understand why they're doing it i like they're not gonna be competitive this year so like three first round picks next year would be crazy i do worry that they go from a surefire like guy who can slot right into the team and help to like being in a position to, you know, take a trendy pick and have it fail again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I, did, I just think the Eagles need to recognize like Wyatt said that they're they're probably not going to be that great of a team. They need they need to like kind of take that the win loss record with Jalen Hurts with a grain of salt. I think, and I think he has a much taller task than what Tua has, but Tua has more pressure on him for sure. But I think Jalen Hurts has a much tougher situation. And, like, yeah, not going to lie, his, his stats, uh, my, my Jalen Hurts fandom kind of clouded my uh, judgment on him. He, he, he didn't have very good stats last season. So he, he, he is going to have to make a jump. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I liked what I saw. But he, yeah, he showed a lot of flashes. But yeah. Yeah, he showed flashes. was, yeah, not. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think he, it's especially screwy for him because, like, apparently the owner wants him to get another shot, right? But, like, the coaches yeah. aren't as convinced, reportedly, mm-hmm. and so there's already that kind of, like, friction, which mm-hmm. yeah. is not good for him, I'm sure, for his, like, mentality. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just well, yeah, at some point... To, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, at some point, the owner's like, okay, you made me spend $30 million on Carson Wentz, and then we just gave <laughs> him away the next year. Like, I'm, I'm calling the shot on this quarterback right here. At some point, the owners just got to do that, you know. He's like, and we used a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. Like, what are you doing? I feel like Howie Roseman's job is tied to Jalen Hurts a little bit, and like, kind of what happens with this. Otherwise, I don't know why he's still around. To be honest, like, he has not that done that great of a job. He's riding off the Super Bowl, and they gave up. They gave up on their coach. And I don't know. It's it's a little weird. But... Yeah. Sorry. I think even like the Super Bowl only had like. Next year will be five years since the Super Bowl, and I think you just like lose the goodwill from that at that <laughs> point. Like, so. We'll see. 
Bart, you said you would wanted you, to respond you, to yeah. something. Oh Did yeah, you? I was. Uh, I just wanted to referring to what Lucas was saying earlier about how you kind of lose a sure thing at, at twelve. I agree. Like I know it'd be really really funny because I know how he Rosenmeck's trading. If he trades back again, then I think it it becomes a borderline L. But at the same time, I think you have to make trades in the draft, like under with the confidence that you're going to get a, like a decent player. You know what you're doing because I feel like. The numbers show that picking up like good draft value is really, really important in building a good team. And making trades like that, I think, is a great example of like dropping six spots for a first rounder. Essentially, I think that's like a tremendous trade value trade. I think like the best teams all have a lot of like smart trades and drafts. I think mm -hmm. so. Personally, I think you have to be more confident in how you're picking, and you have to think about it that way, and not oh my gosh, maybe, maybe we'll screw this pick up and take a like a. Um, a trendy uh, project receiver or whatever. I, I don't know if that's... Yeah. I mean, you're right. I'm just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas is, yeah, all of Lucas's optimism has long since, yeah. Been that's where the away. Vikes would be flipped. Yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah. yeah. Question for y'all about leashes of quarterbacks. Like, I feel like for... Well, I was, like, for a first-rounder and, like, an early first-rounder, like, a, to a... I, I was like two or three years, probably three years. I'm not sure what a second, like Jalen Hurts was what, a late second round? He was like in the 50s or something. Um, what's, yeah, what's the leash for that? Kind of Half a season. It's like eight games. No, I'm sure. Kind of, kind of. It's like yeah. eight games and then after so, that, like you're, yeah. we'll have, we have the option to like continue essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like at the bye week they could easily just be like we're going with yeah. freaking Joe Flacco or whoever is it Joe Flacco yeah Joe yeah. Flacco yeah yeah, so, yeah. Super Bowl winning right. Joe Flacco yeah, hopefully it's at true. one of the two bye weeks this season oh there yeah. are two bye that's part no, of the same I'm, I'm, I'm hoping because otherwise uh, it's really terrible for players yeah. that's a God. super yeah. tangential point <laughs> <laughs> one less preseason game so they get that <laughs> um, alrighty then. We're going to use a fill-in-the-blank segment to kind of do an NFL to NBA transition. Uh, a little preamble for the first couple NFL ones. I would say the losers of this blockbuster trade were, of all this trade movement that happened with the 49ers, Eagles, and Dolphins, was probably the Carolina Panthers and Denver Broncos. The Panthers have made it very well known that they are <clears throat> looking for a new quarterback, but now the Falcons have the fourth pick. They're probably not going to trade it to the Panthers because they're in the division. And the Broncos may be motivated to trade up and kind of jump the Panthers. So uh, it's, it's kind of unclear what the Falcons are going to do, though. They might not draft a QB there. So why I'm going to go to you on this fill in the blank. Between the Broncos, Falcons, and Panthers, blank would benefit the most from drafting a quarterback this year. The Panthers. And I think the Broncos are a clear second favorite, but uh, they have a clear second favorite because they have a crazy amount of talent on their offense and defensive side of the ball. But the Panthers are just now restarting their franchise. It's a brand new ownership group. It's a brand new front front office, and it's a brand new coaching staff. Just two seasons ago, they released their MVP level quarterback Cam Newton. So the sooner the reboot gets started, the better. Gotcha. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, myself on this one. Of the three aforementioned teams, the Week 17 starter for the blank will be blank. So I'm going with the week 17 starter for the Broncos will be Jimmy Garoppolo. This one is is kind of a flyer, yeah. kind of a stretch. <laughs> but I'm thinking, all right, there's no way. I don't, like, I know that everybody's kind of on the 
okay, give him a year to develop. But there's not really, I don't know if there's that much of a difference between a year developing as like in game and a year developing behind, I don't know, Jimmy G, what is he going to like tell you that like, he's not going to give you the same advice that Brett Favre gave to Aaron Rodgers. I, I can tell you that probably. Anyway, since Peyton Manning, the Broncos have just seemed to be like, they've really struggled at the quarterback position. They're like a QB rental factory. Paxton Lynch. They went since since Peyton Manning. They went to like Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, and like the the problem with Jimmy G is that he's pretty expensive, but the Broncos don't seem to care about that. They kind of overpay for quarterbacks all the time. And I wanted I wanted to put Jimmy G to the Panthers, but I honestly just don't think the Panthers would do that move. Like. They want somebody that's like a gunslinger, the Panthers do. I'm going off on a tangent, I'm sorry. But because Teddy Bridgewater, like, honestly, he had a 69% completion percentage. Like, that's not bad. But he had 15 touchdowns in, all, in 11 picks. Like, they, they were going after Stafford and Watson. Where, so I don't see them settling for somebody like Jimmy G. Where I do see the Broncos doing that, basically. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Jimmy G to the Broncos by week 17. Lucas, the same fill-in-the-blank for you. The Week 17 starter for the blank will be blank. For the Falcons will be Trey Lance. Um, I think that apparently all reports and everything is are indicating that the Falcons are going to pick Trey Lance. Like, a lot of hype, a lot of buzz around him going there. I think um, that while we all love Matty Ice and his great nickname, um, I think that... <laughs> If he isn't just, like, come out of the gate slinging this year, and I have no expectation that he will, I think the Falcons are just going to try and move on and move forward, maybe even deal him to a team that needs, like, a, you know, a competent quarterback to just ride out the year with, um, or just a moderate improvement. So I think unless he is fantastic in the beginning of the year, they're eventually going to try and transition over to Trey Lance as the year goes on. So I think Trey Lance, quarterback for the Falcons, Week 17. That's, or week that's 18 cool. now. Do we yeah, have I guess week, week 18. 18. <laughs> <laughs> or week Wyatt, 19 after two bye weeks. Why? how pissed would you be if Trey Lance goes ahead of Justin Fields? Uh, You know, I would be less pissed <laughs> than if Mac Jones went ahead of Justin Fields. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. All right, Bart, this... quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bart, this next one's for you. Fill in the blank. LaMarcus Aldridge signing with the Brooklyn Nets means blank means less than people are blowing it up to mean. Uh, as far as I can tell, people are super hyped that the Nets managed to sign him and Blake Griffin. And <laughs> I just don't see it. I mean, acting like he's, yes, he's a seven-time All-Star, but it's disingenuous to say that because the last time he did it was two years ago, and he's 35 now, and he's just clearly not the same player that he used to be. <laughs> so, like, his numbers with the Spurs this year weren't superb. He's not shooting particularly mm-hmm. well, and he's a big man. And then, like, the main thing for me, oh, and also he's quite brittle. He missed 17 of the Spurs' last 20 games, so he's, like, nursing some quad injury and hip injury stuff, so who even knows how consistently he'll show up for the Nets. The main thing for me is, like, once everybody's healthy, KD, Kyrie, and Harden are going to be soaking up so many touches anyway. How much is he really adding to that offense? Because he is predominantly an offensive player and not a defensive player. I'm sure most people would agree on that. So I I just think these signings that the Nets made uh, are getting blown a little bit out of proportion. All right. We know your stance. I there. just want to add. Okay. On, uh, can yeah. I add on that Go ahead. really quickly? <laughs> I they I, I love seeing the photoshops of Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge 
when we know that once playoff time comes by, they're going to be playing like nine minutes a game when the real <laughs> guys like Joe Harris are out there. They, yeah. They'll never be in a Photoshop ever because they're not the cool pick. There are plenty of other people on that team can, <laughs> that contribute outside of the big names like Lamarcus Lamar yeah. Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I think Blake Griffin said he was like, no one has like cared about me for the last five years or all I've ever all I've heard for the last five years is like how much I suck. But now everyone's <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. like he's going to a super team to like it's ridiculous. Like, I, I don't think Blake Griffin or Lamarcus Aldridge are not worthy so of that anymore. Exactly. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not so super. Wow. Harsh. Yeah. But probably true. Anyway, Aiden, we're going to go to you for this last fill in the blank. The most impactful move of the NBA tra- trade deadline was blank. Uh, I'm going to say Norman Powell going to the Blazers. I'm going to yeah, go oh. to, to Jared and Wyatt's team, or I guess at least Jared. Impactful but, in a good way or bad way? In a good way. In a good okay. way. Yeah, oh, I, I realize now that that could have gone either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stormin Norman I'm going with. He's averaging 19 a game. Yeah, great nickname. That that should have been on our, on our nickname show. But yeah, he's shooting 45% from three. Um, he's a good defender as well. He gives the Blazers a pretty dominant trio of guards with dame and cj and him um and i i wish i could say that this is going to make the blazers like make some noise this year but i'm still not convinced on that given uh the west but i, I think that was a really great pickup um i think he was yeah was I, I think move. yeah <laughs> why it's yeah. not a fan i, I did like yeah. gary trent jr but yeah from See gary you. trent jr to norman yeah. powell, it felt like a lateral move to me norman powell's an upgrade he's an upgrade Slide. I it's not a championship level upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, were yeah. the Blazers going to get a championship level upgrade unless they got Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge? No, no, because yeah. they're too afraid <laughs> to actually make a trade deal. Because they can, they can very, they could have very well gotten James Harden, I believe, and I think that they can very well trade for anybody as long as they finally give up on the idea that CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are going to lead their way into a championship. And I forget, I forget, I get him mixed up with a lot of the other interesting names in the league Nurkic I believe is the the big man yeah get rid of him I don't like no no come on no that's wrong like oh he's 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 the one of the best big men no because that's not (laughs) that's not how it's gonna work he was good I think he upped his value but it's not like like they're they pick up scraps and (laughs) it's not always like one man's trash is another man's treasure it doesn't work like that all the time it's okay also okay maybe he's not like a good number three like he's their number three let him be a number five but <laughs> let him be a role player but they're putting they're making him be a number three okay also the gary trent that's not a lateral move it gary is. trent is shooting he's shooting 40 percent from the field powell's 48 percent trent is 14 lateral. a game powell's 19 trent's shooting 23 percent from three or wait no a little higher than that from three but powell's <laughs> shooting 45 I do not. That is definitely an upgrade. You, I will die on that hill. I'm sure it's an upgrade, but I mean, if if you're on the top of the hill, <laughs> you, you just were saying it was not an upgrade. It's pretty lateral. If you're gonna die on the hill, it's not gonna be a very steep hill. Let me tell you that much. They did, they did not get that much better. Oh well. I do agree though. The the Blazers do seem like a team that's too focused on just being good rather than taking a risk to be great. But I do like I I, I like the move in. Anyway, I do like I did like Gary Trent Jr. too, but all right, let's do our last topic, an NBA topic. There's a reason why Rockets launch in Florida and not Houston. The Houston Rockets just recently broke a 20-game losing streak. They followed that achievement up by trading Victor Oladipo to the Heat for peanuts. 
Many analysts are kind of asking why the Rockets didn't just take Karis LeVert and the Nets trade that sent James Harden to Brooklyn. In short, the Rockets' on-court performance and their front office performance have not been great. So this kind of this kind of came up with an interesting question for me, Lucas. Who was more important to the Rockets' success in the James Harden, Daryl Morey era? Was it James Harden or Daryl Morey? I mean, you know, I love me some Daryl Morey, so I think he is he is the answer. Because first off, without him, Harden isn't in Houston in the first place. Like I think, like none of that era gets rolling unless Morey is in charge of all the moves. Um, I think the way he built the Rockets was kind of ingenious and put together a team um, that was competitive in the modern NBA in like a way that I don't think people saw coming. Because he was with the Rockets starting in 2007, and he just sort of slowly built that team up. He rightfully saw superstar potential in Harden, who was no doubt an excellent player at the time he traded for him, but was also still a bench player, was unproven as like a go-to number one option. Um, and he consistently surrounded Harden with talent that complemented his game. Um, he, ascended, he assembled the roster in a forward-thinking way, with an eye towards shooting the three, which when he took over was not the way the NBA was played, but eventually became like consistent three-point shooting. It ended up being the style of the NBA by the time he left. His superstar he paired with Harden and Chris Paul. Great. Um, even though it didn't work out in the end. Like people forget they were when they missed however many consecutive threes in that game seven. Like they were that close to making the NBA finals. Um, so I think the way Maury put together that team is what led to the Rockets' success, especially when you contrast it with how they're what they're doing now. And I think that they just like apparently there have been reports, I don't know the extent to which these are true, that like they didn't trade Harden to the Sixers as like, as like, in, as like a vengeful move against Maury leaving and going to them because they like didn't like Maury like, and they would have objectively gotten a better trade package from the Sixers like Ben Simmons was better than anybody that they got in the deal and who they got in the deal with the Nets they just ended up sending away essentially for nothing so it's like, I, I think that like, I think it's a little bit like I think that. The front office now is like worse than average, but I think Maury was better than average. And without him, you don't get the team where it, uh, where it was like so close to the NBA Finals. I think I agree with that. I uh, I don't know something about Harden just rubs me the wrong way, and I <laughs> can never help but feel like he's like a little bit overrated. The fact that he's never made the finals helps. I guess the fact that now he's doing well, but it's like once again on a stack team doesn't help. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, but KD hasn't been playing for like most of the time he's been there. So. Yeah, but they just signed Marcus Aldridge and like Griffin. You just said it <laughs> didn't know, mean also, anything. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kidding. No, but I mean like even with even with Kyrie though, like I mean okay, I yeah, just he's got Kyrie. being a triple double machine is kind of like the Westbrook thing, right? Like you can be a triple double machine, but like it's that's not the end all be all of I don't know. We're getting on a tangent. I agree, though, that I think without Harden, even Daryl Morey still would have been able to build up like a quite yeah. successful, if not like a super like finals competitive team, but a pretty competitive team. Whereas, mm. I don't know. We saw, yeah, like Luke, Luke Lewis was saying, like without Daryl Morey this year, what were the Rockets doing to help Harden? I mean, I know he was kind of out of it mentally, but still. Yeah, I actually, I actually said James Harden. I felt like he did – he answered the bell, you know, kind of what Lucas is saying. He was unproven before going – I mean, he was great. This was this is kind of my reasoning. He's He's been successful, like, pretty much everywhere he's been. I, I, successful, like, individually. Sure, you you can, like, hold the team 
performance against him. But like he's like Lucas said, he was a little unproven and he like just answered the bell. And to be honest, and has been like mm-hmm. a perennial, I would say a perennial MVP candidate. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I I just went James Harden. I, I I I get the gripes against him, but I he's been a pretty impressive player, and really impressive this year. I mean, leading the I think he leads the league in assists, doesn't he? Or he's close to it. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. what I said is not to underscore James Harden. Like, no, I mean, yeah. James, I'm not, James, I'm not James Harden is an way. excellent player. Oh, I, I'm trying um, to underscore James Harden. I won't even shy away from Yeah, I think Harden's an excellent player. I just think, like, you can't – like, Maury brought him to the Rockets. and he, yeah. So, like, I think that that's why I just give him more credit. Because he did – he brought Harden there. Like, Harden just brings Harden. Maury brings Harden and Chris Paul but, and, like, everybody yeah, else yeah. with – but Harden was like made Maury look good, essentially. If that didn't work out, then Maury would have been, yeah, you know, whatever. You can go tit for tat, I guess. <laughs> Anybody else have? All right, okay. Actually, no. This this is the question I want really want to ask. So is Houston collectively like the worst run sports city right now? Is there any other city that has like all their franchises are just in a really bad state? So obviously yes. Houston's got the Texans have all that crap with the Sean Watson kind of going on now. They have the Houston Astros cheated to win their world series. Mm. And now the Houston Rockets are a freaking mess. Is there, okay. I know you might say St. Paul, Minneapolis, but the twins aren't that uh, bad right now. Detroit. The twins aren't that bad. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Detroit's but I'm pretty about bad. 120 something consecutive non championship seasons in our <laughs> major leagues. That's all you need to know. Game set match. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I agree though. What you're saying, like about the the off the field stuff, I guess, is very much yeah. true. Also, yeah, bad. yeah, and Minnesota it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it's funny just because like two years ago they were like one of the most promising sports cities at the moment. Oh where, yeah. Like, that, the Astros were perennial contenders. The Texans were kind of on the rise with Deshaun, and the Rockets, while like maybe not you know being a favorite, were always on the cusp of contending. Um, and then just like drop real fast. Yeah. Do they have a hockey team? No. Mm. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, Texas doesn't do hockey. There's no. Yeah. They, they have Houston <laughs> college basketball. So that's, you know, that's something. <laughs> yeah, that's Final four team. Final Didn't four. the Texas team win the Stanley Cup last year? <laughs> Did they? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think it was the Stars, right? The, the Dallas, Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, yeah. 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 I, hey, like, hey, stolen, stolen from Minnesota. From Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, bring back the North Stars. Uh, no, no, no. The, the Stars made the the Stars made the the, uh, the Stanley Cup. They lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, oh so yeah, it was Tampa Bay here. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Yeah. Dallas yeah. versus Tampa Bay in a hockey. It was just fun. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Wait. So, last question, real quick: Is is James Harden the MVP right now? Yeah, he's close. He's close. Agreed. I Chris can't Paul. hate to say it. For the same close. reason that LeBron and AD make each other not MVPs, I think Harden and Kyrie make each other not MVPs. It's Chris Paul. What? It's Chris it Paul. Chris Paul has a very bad. Chris Paul has a. Really I'm actually yeah, I'd be cool with that. But. I think it's probably Jokic then Chris Paul then Harden. I don't know. Apparently, according yeah. to some polls, by the way, that Chris Paul is ranked like twelfth with Kevin Durant as a, as an MB, MVP right now. Wow. Yeah. Dude, once Kevin that's Durant comes back, then Harden's case gets even less <clears throat> compelling. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He better hope hard, or yeah, he better hope that he's hurt the whole year. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, 
He went there to win a rain. He doesn't care about MVPs right now. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but also an MVP would be yeah, yeah, players say thinking, that, yeah. but I never. Yeah, really yeah I know that he's gonna get really pissy. No, but why? It. Why would Kevin Durant? I, I, I know, I know. Players oh, wait, definitely do Durant care about that. No, I'm talking about players in general. They do. They do want a ring, really bad. Yeah, and they do stupid. Yeah. They like go to extremes to make that happen. Yeah. Oh no, I agree with. I'm just saying, I never believe a player when he says that. Like, I'm not upset that I didn't win MVP or something like that. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. yeah. Something I agree along with those that. lines. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Why you want to close us out? No. So down the bar. That's gonna do the end of our episode. I'm just gonna throw this in here because I wasn't here last week. The best MVP move was Kenny Galladay for the Giants. Daniel Jones, without hesitation, according to the ownership group, is a Super Bowl level quarterback. And I'll leave you with that <laughs> thought. Go ahead and tweet at us at you thought sport. Oh, Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Do we have a Facebook page? Do we confirm that? We do not have Facebook. We do not. <laughs> Somebody make a fan page and we'll, we'll, we'll follow along with that. Um, but thank you for listening. Have a good week. See you next week.